where's the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. Cheap, cheap, fun, fun. Spring is in the air and Dirt Cheap is in your neighborhood ready to deliver the perfect drinks to your doorstep. That's right. All of Dirt Cheap's convenient locations now offer delivery of their wide selections of beers, wines, and all the spirits you need. And if you're like me, nothing hits better in the springtime than a nice weeded bourbon. Ask the friendly staff at Dirt Cheap about their selection of weeders like Maker's Mark, Larceny, and so many others. Download the Dirt Cheap app and order curbside or delivery. Have fun, but be careful out there. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes, welcome in, Miss Balloon Party. Ha, 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 Yes, 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 welcome in, it's Balloon Party. Ha, 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 I really like that. <laughs> consultants told me to go with that for the opening. Uh-huh. And we are, of And course, these consultants yeah. know what they're talking about. Right. Exactly, because that worked. Worked real well. I had been rehearsing it all morning. Did it in front of the mirror last night. My wife was like, man, that's so hot. It's uh, the balloon party driven by Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Come on in, friends. The water is warm. 314-399-9646. Air comfort service uh, text line is how you can participate. And mic drops, too. 101 ESPN uh, app. We have the little piddles half and half. Oh, yeah. We have John Denton coming up. Uh, Cardinals. Off day today after getting a win last night. Uh, therefore, I would imagine they will not go one and five this week. Doubtful, even though the Reds are fired up. Beware the Reds. Reds, that was you a can cool get the Reds game. plus sixteen hundred to win the division. Yesterday, the Cardinals had moved up to plus seven hundred to win the division. They win a game, they're plus four hundred. The hell is going on with this betting market? It's so strange. They moved up a full $300 after beating uh, the Rangers last night. Yeah, Convincing win. I mean, Jack Flaherty. Yeah, that was great I mean, what do we see. got going on here? Do we have something? I, I, it'd be great if we did, but, you know, it's just not. What? I don't Talk know. Talk me through it. Let's just be honest, number one, and say I, I was watching the Nuggets in Heat. Let's do that. I was let's, watching... let's, let's play honesty in media here. I was kind of bouncing around. Mm. Um, Starting to get to the bottom of it. But what I will say is that. Flaherty has looked really good, but it's like, it's like, oh, it's great. But then you go out, you trot, trot Montgomery out there, he loses. Bueno out there, he loses. It's almost like let's just focus on the one guy, though. Okay, right, I know you're a prince. I you am. are a prince. I am. If you lost with Jackson, lost a bunch of weight. After sharing a bed with Lisa Ann and wearing a yellow diaper, he said to himself. I need to be better. And you have. And you've lost, what, 20-plus pounds? 20, yeah, I 20. had no idea you needed to lose 20 pounds. Maybe I hide you didn't well. need to. In St. Louis, you were probably considered skinny. But now, now you're, like, live. Yeah, I, I was in the, I was right on the on the outside looking in of what is a healthy weight for my is that right? height. What's a like healthy weight for your height? 160 to 200. For my be. height, it's about 80 to 90 pounds. Right, and you're toeing the line right there at 85 pounds. Right. Um, but, uh yeah, 160 to 200. So it wasn't like obese by any means, but I was just yeah, you know, it's like a real dumpy body is how I would describe it. That's hot. Do you yeah. put that in your profile on right. Bumble? Right, dumpy body. So I decided to get wise, and so you know, working on, still working on that. But, <laughs> NBA uh, fan with a dumpy body working on midday radio and HD two and morning drive. DM. Yeah, exactly. That was actually that was that was the word. profile. Yeah. yeah, I think I sent you. Did you write DM. it for me. Uh, but yeah, now I'm live and an NBA Look at fan. you. Yeah, feeling good. Jack Flaherty, king of pessimism, Jackson, 
uh, last three outings, 18 and a third innings, a total of 16 hits, but only two earned runs. That's outstanding. I mean, it's really, really, and he looks really good 18 strikeouts and seven walks. He looks, he, you can tell he's got his command out there. He's confident. It's really great to see. He got a strikeout of, I can't recall who it was, but he had the fist pump coming off the mound in the fifth or sixth inning. I remember, I don't remember who he struck out. But having said that, I think it's awesome, like, just for, like, him, because I'm a fan. Is it Heim? Uh, the catcher, Jonah Heim. Yeah. But Corey been. Haim and Corey Feldman, what's your favorite movie that they did? Stand By Me for Feldman, for sure. Well, that but they didn't they didn't team up in that. No. Did that, was they off, yeah, I know the two Corys, but were they often in films together? Wow. Nice show prep ass. Well, Feldman, if it's just Feldman, it's obviously Stand By Me. Right, but it's not. It's the both of them. I don't know if Corey Haim walked into this room right now, I wouldn't know who he is. Well, he's passed on, so now you just insulted his family. And I feel terrible. And it's Haim. Right, and that's not who Jack Flurry struck out. I believe it was Jonah. I'm going to go with the Lost Boys. Jason Patrick. I like Jason Patrick. Think he's handsome? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Sleepers, tough film, but he's really good in it. Um, but on the Flaherty thing, I'm a big fan of Flaherty personally, and so, you know, obviously next year he'll be a free agent. And, uh, you know, I want to see him succeed this year if it's not for the Cardinals. I hope it is for the Cardinals uh, in the coming years. I want to see him succeed and get a good contract and uh, continue his upward movement. And I see you tweeting at him oftentimes, take your liberal views to the Dodgers and go to Los Angeles where you want to be anyway. That's what I see you tweet at him every one of his starts. Yeah, it's usually after I polish off a sixer. And yeah. and then just take out your frustration on yeah. the profile saying, dumpy-bodied midday. Yeah, it's an egg picture, you know, like early days of Twitter when you get yeah. an egg. But you got the egg and you screenshotted it and it's your avatar. Yeah. Do we have any mic drops by chance? Probably. I'll take a look right I, now. Uh, Tim. I, I've been briefed in the Air Comfort Service text line that there is one hot off the press from Chairman Steve in Wildwood, and he says that he had to go to the ER after leaving it. Now, usually he is really upset after a loss, but they won last night. They beat a team that was 20 games over 500, and they got a great start from Jack Flaherty. And maybe the starting pitching with Flaherty and Michaelis and an acquisition at some point can be good. So I would think he'd be happy. But then he said he may have to go to the ER after leaving it. Uh, have you listened to this in advance? I have not. Wow. So I, I well, I'll tell you something. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I know not everybody has the raw goods I have, and I hope this doesn't come off as narcissistic. Raw goods. But not everybody's going to get this voice. Not everybody's going to be born with these eyes and this concave skull. The raw goods, as Jackson just called it. Yeah. But one of the things we can all learn, and whether it be by going to the University of Missouri Journalism School and hoping to get a job in South Dakota for $12,000 a year to anchor and tell your parents that you're doing well, we can all also learn that we don't play audio without reviewing the audio, even if it is from somebody as credible as Steve and Wildwood. Yeah, yeah. You got and it. therefore, we will have to wait 
for this mic drop. So it's yeah. going to have to happen today. It's just going to have to happen. We were told by Greeley Kyle, wonderful professor at the University of Missouri Journalism School, CYA. You know what it stands for? Cover your yes, ass. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. Yeah. And so in this spot, um, I would blame you mm-hmm. if it were vulgar. Yep, yep. And uh, that's how I would cover my ass. But in your position, it's probably best not to run it. Yep, just wait. But in in a way, it's like an unintentional tease. Because now people can like really be like, all right, well, I'll be sticking around. Yeah, and that's another thing the consultant told me outside of that new open that I'm doing (laughs) is increase TSL, time spent listening. These are things I'm learning now that I'm on an actual real radio station. Yeah, well, it's such a shame Missouri hasn't given you an honorary doctorate. I agree with that. A statue. I'm a little surprised by that. Oh, you want to say like a little statue of a jockey? Is that what you're trying to insinuate? (laughs) No, that, that's maybe. what it was. It was a height joke, and I caught it, and you thought you were sneaking a breaking ball by, like, Wainwright and Beltran, but I saw the thing the whole time. No, I think more, maybe more like a bust. Huh. But then, you know, they had to take, like, the power sander. I know what you're doing. You're going to make a skull <laughs> joke. Well, I just they should make it accurate. I don't like it anymore. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't like this anymore. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not safe in this studio anymore. John Denton's going to join us coming up at 1015. Cardinals and Rangers break day. And guess who's red hot and full of youthful energy? Cincinnati. Yeah. That was actually really cool to see last night. And you say that was really cool. What are you talking about? Because we know you were watching the Nuggets and Heat and you're acting like you saw something. Right. So the combination of De La Cruz's first home run which was hit about 400, correction, 700 feet. 700 feet. It looked like the longest home run I've ever seen. And then Benson's walk-off home run and his celebration following that, that looked like a team that is is fired up and and wanting to make a move. I got to tell you something. I'm not telling you it's going to happen, mm-hmm. but for 18-1, to 1, I would tell you it might be worth a little flyer. The Reds at plus 1,800 to win the Central. I think one in eighteen times they they win the central. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the case. That's the number right now. They're plus eighteen hundred. Meanwhile, the Cardinals, with being at the bottom of the National League Central, are plus four hundred. They were plus seven hundred, as I said at the start of the program, uh, just yesterday. So, uh, for the record, the Pirates, who are right there, but somehow I believe became the first team to lose two in a row to the Oakland A's. <laughs> are plus 600. The Brewers are minus 180. Cardinals will see the Reds up close and personal. And the youthful energy. Yeah, for real. That was cool. uh, this weekend at Bush Stadium after the day off today. John Denton will talk it over with us. Looking forward to the conversation. Your questions for John Denton are welcome. 314-399-9646. Your favorite Corey Feldman, Corey Haim uh, picture. Uh, maybe a Mount Rushmore would be fun because mm. uh, that hasn't been done in Sports Talk Radio. 314-399-9646. Air Comfort Service text line. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. John Denton talking Cardinal baseball on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party driven by Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. Sitting across from me is Jackson Burkett, and joining us right now on the phone lines, it is our pleasure, as he does every Thursday, to talk it over with the great John Denton of MLB.com. Morning, John. 
Hey, Tim, how are you? I'm wonderful, sir. I'm looking forward to getting your perspective on uh, not just this past series, but also uh, the state of things with the Cardinals. It's kind of what we do every Thursday, and it, it does seem to shapeshift quite often. But I want to start with Jack Flaherty um, and what he has done over his last three starts, perhaps last night's being the most impressive. I was just going over the numbers with Jackson in his last three starts uh, Jack Flaherty, 18 and a third innings, and he has only allowed two earned runs. He did not have any luxury last night to allow a run because he was pitching in a scoreless game against a guy who was absolutely dealing uh, in John Gray of the Rangers before Burleson got to him in the eighth inning. Uh, you have seen Flaherty get rocked this year. Certainly the start against the Angels would be the low point. There were another couple of starts that weren't particularly great, but the Angels one about a month ago stands out as being the low point. And really since then, he's been pretty good, if not great. What do you think Flaherty has going? Because honestly, I thought the ceiling was relatively low on him because of his shoulder situation. I just thought he was going to try to gut through it because it's his free agency year. And he is showing me and perhaps some other Cardinal observers uh, that he still has it. Maybe not the 2019 level, but he still has the game. Yeah, Tim, you know, you referenced that uh, May 4th against the Angels when he gave up nine hits and ten earned runs. Uh, you know, at, at that point, he had a 6.29 ERA. Since then, he's shaved more than two runs off of it. I mean, last six starts, he, he's got a 2.06 ERA. He's only given up eight earned runs in 35 innings. Uh, pitched really well. Uh, I, I see Jack attacking people again. You know, he talked about that was a not just a low moment in his season that was a low moment in his career uh you know la guy goes out and gets shelled by the angels he really turned it around since then and you know he's throwing his fastball more for strikes uh when he, when he can land that four seam then it makes his slider even more effective you know the guys have to commit early uh you know like i said when he's threatening you with that with that fastball uh the, the slider becomes twice as effective jack is more aggressive more confident he's, he's in attack mode or you know better now I thought early in the season he was nibbling a little bit too much. He didn't trust his stuff. Now he's a guy who's got that swagger back, you know. Not exactly like 19, but but he's a guy on the mound who thinks he's better than you and he's going to go right at you every time. I remember since he got sideways with the uh, ball riders at Wrigley Field, he has, uh, he has looked really good. So if you're interested in going in there and, and arguing with any other members of the organization, maybe this team can go on a winning streak. So you're saying we deserve all the credit. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. You and you and Derek Gould just keep lining these guys up and putting your fingers in their chest, and the next thing you know, you got the 27 Yankees on your hand. <laughs> yeah, but it's not easy. You know, Jack. Uh, Jack can 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 be a little bit of a red. You know what? Uh, it doesn't matter whether he wins or loses. Uh, Jack sometimes likes to pick fights. He you know he likes to be in a bad mood on days when he pitches, but. Uh, you know, we're we're seeing a much more confident guy now, uh, a guy who believes in his stuff and believes that he's better than the hitter in the box. Uh, with regards to last night's win, that would have been a game that I think probably most people in the seventh inning were thinking, oh boy, here we go. It's going to inevitably end with the Rangers winning, a walk-off, something awful. And yet they get that one, get a day off, 
Seeing the Reds, a team playing with a lot of, as I was saying to Jackson in the first segment, with De La Cruz up, a lot of youthful energy, actually playing pretty decent baseball. Granted, it's in mm-hmm. in the Central, where uh, perhaps uh, objects may appear closer than they actually are. But with all of that said, um, maybe the Cardinals can get it going. I feel like I have said this probably 20 times uh, <laughs> this year. But uh, give me a reason of some semblance for optimism. The two things I would hold on to would be the two guys at the top of the rotation right now and in, in Michaelis and in, in Flaherty and the way they've been throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely, you know, that they, they know they have two guys they can count on. I think the Cardinals have won five of Flaherty's last six starts. The one they didn't win was when the bullpen blew it the other night in, in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, I think the beauty of last night was it took all phases. Uh, you know, we've seen them getting good starting pitching and then the bullpen blows it, or we've seen them, uh, get good starting pitching, and then the offense scores no runs. They only mustered one run last night, but that was a game where, you know, somebody had to come up with a timely hit. They got the starting pitching. Jordan Hicks is like a different guy out of the bullpen now than he was early in the season. Uh, Ryan Helsley came in and, and shut it down. Like, that was a complete victory. And, you know, I, I feel like that's the kind of wins you can get momentum from. You know, you'd rather – You'd rather win like that you would outslug somebody eleven to eight or something like that and have to you know play around bad pitching and stuff. So you know, like you said, the Cincinnati's coming to town. Cincinnati's rebuilding. Cincinnati's perpetually rebuilding. You know, the Cardinals don't have time to mess around anymore. You've got to come in and sweep Cincinnati. If you got them in your home ballpark, two out of three is not good enough anymore. Uh, you, you've got to start sweeping series and making up some ground. John Denton, MLB.com, with us as he is every Thursday here on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you on Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota's presentation of Balloon Party. John, with specifics to the core of the lineup, uh, we have seen the struggles of Arenado and Contreras over the last couple of weeks. Goldschmidt uh, has been more of a blue-chip stock. Uh, And then John Mazalak talked about the outfield. Uh, and how just if this team is going to do anything, they're going to have to get production from the outfield. He didn't want to call it an excuse. I, I think an, an excuse carries a negative connotation uh, that he is trying to make some kind of blame statement for the team's lot. He acknowledges that the pitching, both bullpen and starting, have not lived up to it, and, and, and you haven't gotten much from Contreras at this point, and Nolan Arenado's been hot and cold. But it, reality is, number one, they've been injured, and number two, even when these guys were in there, they weren't necessarily really performing at a high level. I can't imagine a team, Cardinals or otherwise, going on a run with the kind of production the Cardinals have gotten from their outfield. So I want to ask you, number one, uh, an injury update on O'Neill, Carlson, and Newtbar, and then number two, um, what you think could be shaking out in the Cardinal outfield over the next couple of months? Yeah, Tim, that's uh, that's been a big sticking point. Like, we knew going into spring training that the outfield was the biggest burning question of this team. Like, who was going to be their starting outfielders from day-to-day basis? They came out of opening day with five outfielders, you know, five starting quality outfielders and struggled to fit them all in. And then now here they are. None of those three guys are out there, you know, other than Jordan Walker. Uh, Burleson's been mostly a DH lately. Uh, I think I saw the other day they're 26th in OPS among their outfielders. You know, that's just not good enough. Uh, This this is a problem. Uh, You know, I've, I've kind of broached this with Ali Marmol. This is not a this-year problem. This is not a last-year problem. The Cardinals have had trouble developing outfielders for going on 10, 12 years now. Yes, indeed. You know, the, the Grichicks and the Piscottis and the, 
Rasmuses and you know all those guys they 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 have trouble developing outfielders and that was part of what gave me pause when you know when they started messing with Jordan Walker's swing I'm thinking you know man this this hasn't gone well for the Cardinals for the last ten or twelve years trying to develop outfielders just let the kid go let him hit you know so definitely they have to get more more production out of their outfield I, I think Dylan Carlson will be back by this weekend he's played well in Memphis he's their best defensive center fielder. They just need him to hit left-handed. I think he'll be back soon. Uh, you know, what, what can you say about Tommy Edmond, the job he's done in center field? He's really bailed this club out. Brendan Donovan can play left field, can play right field. He can play second base. Uh, it, those two guys have really bailed this club out. But if they're going to make a push, they've got to try to get Tyler O'Neill back. they got to get Dylan Carlson back. they got to get more production out of the outfield. they got to get Jordan Walker hitting balls in the air and hitting the balls out of the ballpark and – no doubt about it. Like you can't be 26 in baseball in OPS among your outfielders and be a serious contender. So, if they're going to get back in this thing, they've got to find a way to get more steady production out of the outfield. John Denton, MLB.com, talking Cardinal baseball with us. This is a topic that that you and I discussed on Tuesday on TMA, and there's a little bit of new information since we had this conversation. Uh, John Mazalock. Uh, had a, a Q&A with uh, Katie Wu of The Athletic, and in that conversation uh, discussed the status of Ali Marmol. And uh, in that conversation, uh, I guess you could call it, I don't like the phrase in Sports Talk Radio, vote of confidence, but I don't really know what else I can call it because uh, he didn't really blame Marmol for the, the team's problems. He said he was... Uh, handed uh, a deck that uh, they were not expecting, I think both the combination of the injuries and also with some of the performance level. Uh, And and when we were talking about on Tuesday, John, you were saying, you know, St. Louis has a history of blaming managers before blaming players. Certainly, Marmol is getting a lot of the criticism, and perhaps people are wondering what his job stability is. I really did believe that if they went 1-5 and five this week, that he could lose his job at the end of the week. I think that's highly unlikely now, considering they're playing the Reds for three, and they've got to win against the Rangers. But how do you evaluate the stability for the Cardinal manager? Not necessarily whether or not you think he should be, but do you think the Cardinals would make a move, whether it be with Marmol or somewhere else, if the team continues to flounder? Um, you know, Tim, eventually, if teams don't win, eventually people have to pay for it. You know, I mean, eventually GMs get called into question. Presidents of baseball operation get called into question. Managers get called into question. So any franchise that doesn't win, it puts, you know, all those people under the spotlight. It puts them all in danger of losing their job. Uh, I, I believe the front office has the utmost confidence in Ali Marmol. Uh, you know, we all know that they entered the season with no real ace on the mound. Uh, we all know that they entered the season with big time question marks in the outfield. Uh, you know, those, those, all those issues are, are still issues among this team. Uh, you know, you could have Casey Stingle as the manager and I don't think it's going to matter. You know, it doesn't mean you have a starter on the mound that, that that's a go-to ace. So, uh, you know, have, have some of Ollie Marmol's moves blown up in his face? No doubt. Uh, some of the decisions have been bizarre, uh, you take Zach Thompson, one of your best relievers early in the season, and you turn him into a starter in the minor leagues. You jerk Jordan Walker around. Like, you can definitely point to some of those things. But, you know, bad managing is not why this team is in the position they're in. The reason they're in the position they're in is because they have a mess in the outfield. Their, their starters have been all over the place. 
Uh, their bullpen squandered seven, eight games early in the season. You know, that that's why they're in the position they are. You know, we joked about it that Mr. DeWitt gets uh, the blame, Mo gets the blame, Ollie gets the blame, the media get the blame, and then about 20 runs down, it's the players. Hey, it's the players in this game that have to produce. And like I said the other day, if Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and Wilson Contreras don't hit, this team's not going to win. It doesn't matter who the manager is. If those three guys don't hit, they're just not going to win baseball games. Yeah, and uh, at this moment, I think it would be fair to say that two of the three have been well below what you would have expected uh, as of June 8th and where the Cardinals sit at this particular moment. John Denton with us every week on Thursday here on Balloon Party and on Tuesdays on TMA. You can read them on MLB.com. John, always enjoy the conversation. Thanks so much for the time. You're the best, Tim. Take care. Thank you, John. That's John Denton, and uh, he obviously knows how to judge a broadcaster uh, because... He said what you're all thinking. <laughs> that was nice of him there at the end there. Yeah, I Venmo him 100 right at the end of these things. Yeah, and I think that's right. I think it's the right way to handle it. Uh, Jackson, we have the half and a half coming up? We do. Yeah, and we got, uh, we got a mic drop. And it has been approved by the Board of Approval. Well, we'll find out. Oh, wow, deep tease. On the other side of the break. Okay, well, that's coming up. It's uh, all in the second half of Balloon Party, driven by Mungan at St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota, all in one ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That is Action Jackson. And Jackson, you were filtering through the mic drops during our commercial break, and we have one before we get to the Little Piddles half and half? Indeed we do, Tim. This comes from uh, a loyal listener. Comes from Steve. Comes from Steve in Wildwood. Oh, big win. Gosh, if you can escape from Arlington with one out of three, that's doing good. Stop it! Oh, you pitched six scoreless innings, Flaherty! Good for you! You decided to stop faking injuries now that you want to get paid. Train his ass in Los Angeles right now! We're not going to have him next year anyway. And instead of sending players down to Memphis, send the manager down there! and bring up the manager from Memphis. They're 33 and 26. We could use that up here. And what's the media in this town doing? Nothing. Hey, Vaughn, gather up the other losers who do a minute and a half broadcast every night at 1022 and start an apology tour because you suck and you're pooping all over the best fans in baseball. You can start the apology tour in my building. I live in unit 2215. Tired of it! Mm. There that is. Doug Vaughn of TMA, and I believe local sports television took shrapnel in that. Yeah, nobody was really safe. Flaherty, you know, six scoreless innings be damned, got taken to task, Ali Marmol. So they're going to trade managers? Yeah, a little manager swap. He knows. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you got to break out something new. It's a crazy world we live in, Tim. Boy, you couldn't be more right about that. And that sets the stage for the Little Piddles half and half. Woo. All right, here you go, Tim. Okay. Let's start off with this one. What are your thoughts on the vibe in the clubhouse being down? Following Burleson's home run last night, it didn't seem like the t- like a team that was scratching and clawing to get back into the race. After the game, after the... After the game, the post-game handshake line looked uh, a little rough as well. 
Do you think this conclusion many are drawing from these moments have merit? Do you find it difficult to read body language and take a conclusion from that? Jackson, I need to WD from the field on this one. I uh, Number one, politely, I want to make this clear, politely just reject the premise. Okay. Because we just don't know unless somebody goes on the record with their name and says something. Uh, I know Adam Wainwright told Randy Carricker, Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, and Matt Rocchio that they don't really know how to act, but if you listen to the context of what he's talking about, because they're not used to being in right. the spot. Right. Um, so with that said, um, you saw last night after Burleson's home run and the handshake line after the, the win, after Helsley closed things out, that... You didn't sense that there was enthusiasm. Is that what you're telling me? Or are you reading this? I'm, I'm, I am seeing what I saw last night after the Burleson home run. It, from my standpoint, from my perspective, it didn't look like necessarily um, what you saw last night in Cincinnati. Now, granted, a walk off, it's different. But you know, I just didn't see the energy necessarily off a team that is really trying to get back into the race. I kind of felt like you know it's been a scoreless game guy hits a solo home run it's pretty good stuff especially after on a five-game losing streak and i just didn't feel like that have to go response. back and look at the video i i just didn't i just no, noticed that I, I i know people were talking about uh the lack of enthusiasm and their opinion after walker hit his a couple of nights ago yeah and listen i generally don't like to base any opinions on body language on the sidelines or in the dugout you know anything like that like i don't think that is right necessarily but there has been somewhat of a pattern that i have seen in the last week or so All right. and i just don't necessarily feel like it's a team that is like you know really trying to get back like super pumped up even though i know these guys are world-class athletes who love to compete it just i don't get that vibe necessarily well, i'm looking at uh, a replay of the home run and obviously the camera is on the ball going over the wall and burles around in the bases and then they cut to the uh the dugout and there are guys smiling and laughing and, and pounding on the dugout railing and uh, jordan walker excitedly greeting him smiles on the faces of the players as Burleson returns to the dugout hard high five there from contreras I just have to say I respectfully disagree. Okay, that's all. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, I watched when I the, I watched it, and there was a brief shot of it, and I just saw guys standing. Frankly, you were captivated by two triple doubles. Uh yeah, boy, Jamal Murray couldn't miss last night. He was yeah, deep go. in his there bag. No further questions, Your Honor. But that doesn't, uh, you know, I can still and in the handshake line, I'd like to pull that. But that again, like I don't like doing this. Like I don't think it's right. But there, this is what people are talking about. Like people are so talking. Are people, so people are talking about this. Well, is that, yeah, we discussed this yesterday on the show. That, I know that, but I'm that, that was that was the Walker home okay. run. Okay, yeah, So then, yeah. then they were losing at that time. This mm -hmm. is a scoreless game in the eighth inning when you had gotten a great start from from Flaherty, and honestly, even a better start from Gray. I mean, his pitch count and the number of strikes yeah, was, was... 59 pitches in six like innings. historic, yeah. what he was doing. I mean, he was just throwing strikes, and, and the Cardinals couldn't do anything against him. Um, if he were a bigger name in baseball, it would be the kind of story that SportsCenter would put right after the, the Nuggets and Heat Game 3. So... Um, I just, I just don't see it. I haven't seen anything from the, the line, but the, the handshake line. But you're saying that this was a topic amongst people last night. Is that no, the case? That's not, no, that's not. No, what I'm okay. saying is like over the last week is like what Claiborne was talking about, and Wayne, like 
that the they just don't know like like you said with Wayne, like they're not a team, especially Wayne Wright, who's been on the team for so long, aren't a team that's used to being in this position in June. Right. So there is that kind of like this is foreign territory. And for guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt, who their first part of their career was spent on teams that were consistently in the cellar, I bet this is like, oh, gross. Like, I hate this. Like, I really don't like this feeling again. I came to the Cardinals to win. So it's, uh, I don't know. I just think that in general, over the last week, the vibe of the clubhouse has been a discussion for right or for wrong. Because again, we're not in the clubhouse and just basing it off body language doesn't paint a full picture. It's just optics. Uh, from the 573, Jackson's yoga pants must be cutting off the circulation to his brain. You wearing Funny. yoga? Are you wearing yoga pants? No. No. Do you wear yoga pants? I have when I was 11. Whoever texted that in, what are some really cool things you did when you were 10 years old? Uh, call in and leave a mic drop or you can just text in cool things you did when you were 11. Let's see. I was yeah. 19 and 87. Uh, Heat is on was 85. Shakedown was the song for the 1987 team. Was that from Beverly Hills Cop 2? I love Mar- Beverly Hills Cop 2. Really? Yeah. More than the first one? Yeah. It's like more Bob, of an action. Bob Seger, yeah. Shakedown. It's more of like an action movie. I like I like Beverly Hops. Those are the days where you could take a song and then just insert Jack Buck and Mike Shannon's calls into it. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Yeah, and they would play it on KHTR. And it was glorious. This this is what I loved. And I would record it on a cassette in my little South City radio. <laughs> you will. That, that should be the name of the show. The Little South City <laughs> the little, Radio little South show. City Radio Show. That would be great. <laughs> Just Francis Park remotes. Yeah. Be outstanding. <laughs> From the handball courts. Uh, do you have another question on this Little Piddles half and half where we make up things about body language <laughs> and draw is... conclusions because of yoga pants? This is nonsense. Uh, looking big picture, how much longer will the Cardinals need to play like this before serious moves need to be made and big trades need to be considered? How much longer is a turnaround still on the table? How much longer does this need to go on before they possibly move from buyers to sellers? Oh, I th- I think the honest answer on that is six weeks. It just is. Yeah, so like 4th of July, around 4th of July. So much of it is because, further than that, I would say, because of the division you're in. Unless one of the teams in the division just goes off, I just don't see that being the makeup of any of the teams in the Central, perhaps with the exception of the Cardinals. Um, I just don't see any of these teams being able to just like rattle off 12 of 15 and really put distance between themselves and, and everybody else. So my point being, even if the Cardinals still kind of flop around, but still pick up some semblance of ground, in other words, you know, play above 500, but not necessarily 12-3 and three baseball over the next 15, that they're likely going to still be within shouting distance of the National League Central. So uh, I don't think any substantial move is going to be made one way or the other. And uh, and therefore, I think, as John Mazalek said to Katie Wu in The Athletic, that you know, whether people like it or not, the market isn't there to go out and get somebody at this moment. It hasn't developed. That's the nature of the beast in the first week of June. I guess we're in the second week now. And so you just kind of have to have the solutions in-house. And that's why they've tried to bring up some players and see how it's worked out. And uh, I would imagine they'll continue to try and mix and match until they can find some kind of vibe and also get some health from the outfield. Sure. Uh, 1046 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. We'll take a commercial break. Come back with the final segment of Balloon Party, driven by Munganass, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
you panic when I didn't jump to the microphone? No, I was ready to break down uh, Jokic's triple-double. Historic triple-double. About Murray. Yeah, he was feeling it. He was, boy, anything he was throwing up, off balance or otherwise, just right down the bottoms. There you go. You got you were ready. You got it. You got your timing on it. Yeah, now it's the, time to wrap up this half and half. Absolutely. And I got uh, I got this for you here, Tim. What do you got? Speaking of the NBA Finals. Oh, boy. No, no, no. I think you're going to like this one. Okay. Miami and South Florida really showing their teeth right now and having a moment. Both the Panthers and Heat are in the NBA or in the finals of their respective sports. They just landed Leo Messi to come to Inter Miami. The Marlins are in the playoff pictures and the playoff picture, and the Dolphins are primed for a good season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When was the last time St. Louis had a situation like this where it seemed like all the teams in the area were firing on ah! all cylinders? 2001. I was, I was thinking you were going to go right in that early 2000 wheelhouse. Uh, the Blues went to Western Conference Finals, lost to the Avalanche in five. I believe three of their four losses, or at least two of them, were in overtime. I was at what was called the Pepsi Center at the time when Sackett got the game winner uh, to end the Blues season. It was the Ray Bork year. Uh, Alexei Gusarov would smoke darts under the stands <laughs> in intermission and before and after games. Uh, and the Cardinals had a hell of a team, a team that if they get past the Diamondbacks and Tony Womack's bloop base hit, uh, I believe they go on to the World Series, maybe win it, because they had this combination of Matt Morris, Woody Williams, and Daryl Kyle, and even fun Buddy Smith, who threw a no-hitter, uh, that uh, made up for an offense that was uh, quieted by the pairing of Schilling and Randy Johnson in, the, in that series. And the Rammies in 2001 fought so hard and, and so fine. Yeah. Uh, so you had all three firing all cylinders. Yep. That's a good call. Missouri played Duke in the NCAA tournament. I was there for that. You Victory? probably uh no. That was the Duke team with Jay Williams, uh-huh. uh Shane Battier, Mike Dunleavy. It's a really good team. Uh Chris Duhan, Carlos Boozer, as you might imagine. Oh, yeah. Boozer once drew in his hairline. It's incredible. I do the same thing. Right. Uh yeah, I think twenty nineteen, you win the cup and go to the NLCS. Obviously no football team yeah, here. Yeah, I that that certainly is I don't know how you can argue with with that, right? But it's not like this. Not like, when you have a bunch of teams, right? Like Miami is I, like this is like historic. It's everything, and I'm curious as far as an area that number one is transient, not just transient from people all over the United States, but really all over the, the world uh-huh. who move there, uh, and all of the opportunities to be entertained by things other than sports, if it is captivating the area. I know the Heat have kind of had a. A foothold there, mm-hmm. going back to the big three days. For sure. And, and now and you got Jimmy that, Butler. Yeah, D-Wade and Shaq. D-Wade won six years before those guys showed up. But, yep. uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if the Panthers necessarily... Move the needle. Move the needle. They're in Sunrise, which is a little north, but everything's pretty close there. Yeah, I and think... I can't Leo. imagine everybody's really paying attention to the Marlins. No, no, that for sure. But I think but the Messi Dolphins, the Dolphins get it going, and Messi absolutely yeah, because absolutely. of the the South American influence of the population there, and now 100%. you get an Argentinian god playing. I mean, that's oh, that's it's as big as sports have been there. I would imagine with everything firing on all cylinders. Oh yeah, for sure. This is the they're peaking. What are you right doing now? with this Miami question? Trying to replace Levitard? Is that what we're doing here now? Be fine with me. Be fine with me. Yeah, I mean, are we anti Miami? I mean, come on, South Beach represent. I'm, I'm pro. I'm yeah, pro. Absolutely. Pro. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, 
at the end of the day, taking everything out of the situation going on right now with the with the golf stuff, do you think the unification of the PGA Tour Live and the DP World Tour will be good for the product of professional golf? Do you think the sport will take a big upturn in non-major events due to all the news coverage from it? Dude, all the news coverage. Yeah. When you say upturn, you're talking about attention for it? Yeah, I think ratings, uh, ticket sales, all that stuff in non-majors. Whenever these, whenever the new company is all finalized, everything's set in stone, they go, and all the best golfers in the world are on the same tour. I respect you. Yes. And I respect this question. Ooh. And the answer I'm going to give is an answer that you would give more at 10.05 as opposed to 10.55, operating on the premise that the program is one hour, Mm -hmm. which it is. But I can't look at what took place over the last 50 hours through the lens of the game of golf, which I personally um, play quite a bit and follow quite a bit. I can't help but see what took place 50 hours ago in the seven weeks leading up to it through the lens of sadness, honestly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm not even talking about sadness through sport and any idealism that comes through it. Uh, I'm talking about sadness through the United States having to take a knee to Saudi Arabia and how the money, when it was all said and done, ruled all. And if this is part of a big game plan by Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia won. And I realize most people are probably unaware of this, but it was detailed in an article uh, in political.eu in February. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, Jackson. I don't know how many people in our audience, I know we have a large number of soccer fans who listen to the show, um, are aware that Saudi Arabia is trying to get the 2030 World Cup. Um, They are trying to get it, by putting it on three different continents. Are you aware of this? Uh-uh. So they are offering to build stadiums in Greece, in Egypt, and in Saudi Arabia. So you would have Europe, Africa, and Asia. Yep. And Saudi Arabia would bankroll it, and 75% of the games would be played in Riyadh. The way to try to endear themselves to an incredibly upstanding organization <laughs> such as FIFA is by saying, well, look, we will be on three continents and we will, Greece has already begun to soften its stance on Saudi Arabia. Greece, Mm -hmm. however, is coming off of, um, I think you'd call it a depression, at the very least a recession, part of which was the byproduct of all the money they spent, nine billion American dollars on the Olympics for many buildings that now send vacant nearly 20 years after the Athens Olympics. But they need the money. And so they're doing business with them. And so that is why what took place 50 hours ago, maybe it is better for my entertainment in the short term with golf. I don't know. But I can I, I feel I, I, I feel sadness because I, I, I don't think it's just about sports. And candidly, it's concerning. I may be in on an island of, in some capacity with this opinion. I realize it's a relatively serious opinion. It's not relatively. It is a serious opinion. It's probably not getting talked about all that much. Um, but one of the biggest American sports leagues, North American sports leagues, had to take a knee to Saudi Arabia and their money. Now, that may have been the byproduct of a terrible legal strategy and a real fear that they were going to lose the antitrust suit mm-hmm. um, and or the things that would be exposed in discovery. 
But from a geopolitical sense and America's place in, in the world and Saudi Arabia trying to improve its stance and also influence American sport and American business, I think yesterday or two days ago was an incredibly significant day. And therefore, I can't view it through the lens of Brooks Kepka and Brandel Chambly playing slap and tickle or Phil Mickelson getting off a good line on Twitter because I think it's bigger than that. And that's coming from a guy who's a big golf fan. Uh, so uh, that is my perspective on it. You probably weren't expecting that one, were you? No, but I appreciate it. And I think it's a very honest and uh, a very good response. Yeah, it's somber. That, but that's how I feel. I was really down about it. And I was like, why am I so down about it? I'm like, oh, I, I'm coming to terms with this. Was, this isn't like anything we've seen, I don't think. Not in America. Yeah. And, and so this is, this is a moment, okay. I think. I hope, for the record, I hope I am wrong. Uh, time for us to wrap it up. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Fraction Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.